The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hey listeners, welcome to episode 40 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. And today we will be covering the murder and identification of Orange Sox Doe. We are super excited to be covering our second Doe case because they're just really interesting mm-hmm. and they can be kind of less talked about sometimes, I guess, because there's just like less of like a personality tied to them. Yeah. And it's just really good to talk about it and there's a lot of great programs that help out with it so we can spread a little bit of awareness. So, yeah, this case also began on Halloween, which is a little extra spooky for spooky season. So, yeah, let's just get started with some initial descriptions, because we can't do a timeline. Yeah, the timeline would be like two seconds long if we did that. So, yeah, initial descriptions of the crime. On October 31st of 1979, in the early hours of Halloween, a woman was found in a concrete drainage drainage ditch. Alliteration. (laughs) And George, is that alliteration or consonants? Drainage ditch. I think it's consonants. I think it's consonants. But, guys, little fun fact. Today our lit teacher told us that if something is con- looks like consonants, just call it alliteration. Yeah, and she won't judge. And I was like, cool, but like also I needed That's like more. Yeah, I yeah, I need I need Why? Why do we do that? Yeah. Anyways, um, so she was... Found in Georgetown, Georgetown, Texas. Sorry, I cannot talk. I'm, I just took a Spanish exam. I'm out of it. Anyways, Georgetown, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of Austin. And the ditch was on the side of Interstate 35 North. And it's assumed that she was placed in the ditch in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night on Halloween. On Halloween. So, all she was wearing was a silver ring with, like, a little, like, mother of pearl in the middle of it. And a pair of orange socks. And one thing I'm curious about, do you think they were Halloween-themed socks? Okay, well, I have to think that, yeah? Like, Like, maybe they had pumpkins on them. Orange socks? I mean, no, I saw a picture. They're solid-color orange socks. But still, why else do we, like, orange socks is so specific. You saw a picture? Of the socks, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a picture of her body. I just saw a picture of the socks. It's kind of creepy, actually. But they're just solid-colored orange socks. But still, you gotta think that she was wearing them for Halloween, right? Yeah, I know. Like, that's, like, so spooky. Like, I don't like, wear nobody wears orange, orange socks. socks. Like, that's, no. That's not no. normal. And not on, like, not, like, it's on Halloween. Like, what are the chances that's a coincidence? Yeah. Like, that I would be, know. that would be a weird coincidence. That would be a very weird coincidence. I don't know. So, it was later determined that she had actually died by strangulation. More specifically, she had been strangled by bare hands, which I'll be talking about in a second. And let's get into the autopsy bit. So I couldn't find the whole entire autopsy just because sometimes they're not really released to the public. But the autopsy determined that she had been died for, that she had been that she had died from manual strangulation, which like I said earlier happens when someone strangles you with their bare hands. Oh, which is horrifying. Yeah. Um, so she had actually been sexually assaulted and there was DNA found underneath her fingernails, which was later used in the investigation to her killer. And at this point, they could only determine that it was male DNA. And she had also had notable scars that were on her legs, and it was determined that the scars were consistent with those from impetigo, which is, like, a bacterial infection. And she, 
Yeah, so those are prominent on her legs. That's that's really interesting detail. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, that weirds me out. Like, that was something I actually didn't know. Yeah, that they were able to, like... And that ended up being some, like, very important to the case later. And... But you said they're scars, so they're recovered? Yeah. But so they, they have an infection? So they're... Impo- so basically, they happen because impetigo is, like, a bacterial infection. So she got the bacterial infection at some point in her life, and then it healed over... But this type of infection causes, like, a very specific type of scar. Okay. So she had that scarring on her. But that's, like, a really distinctive thing. And she was a doe. Like, so they couldn't even identify her even though she had this very, like... I've never heard of that. How common could it possibly be, you know? Exactly. And, like, if you had a family member who had that, and, like, you knew that they had suffered from, like, that, like, bacterial infection when they were younger, you'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, That would really stick out, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, I think that it's also interesting to, like see how the way that she was murdered like being strangled with your bare hands that seems like something that would be so personal it does or just but by she was also found on the side of the highway which yeah, is so impersonal which is so impersonal and she was also sexually assaulted which kind of leads me to think that it was potentially sexually motivated yeah i don't know highway being found on a, the side of a highway screams serial killer to me it does it totally i can't does. like think about like a random highway and like the middle of Texas without thinking of serial killer. Yeah. Which might just be a me problem, but, <laughs> like, but I don't know. It sounds no, like that. It does. And, like, a drainage ditch, like, her being placed down there seems even more serial killer. Yeah, I just get me... Like, it's so impersonal. Like, it's not the middle of a field. It's not the forest. Yeah. It's, like, the side of a highway. And just, like, stop. it's like a stop on your road trip. Oh, Plus, oh my god! Highways, like tells. no, but highways always make me think of that because like serial killers are usually like drifters. Yeah, same drifters with like railroads too. Yeah, oh railroads. Those are. Spooky. I live across the street from a railroad. She does. Like the weirdest thing about our town is there's literally a freaking railroad that goes right through it. Like you're like, oh, what side of the tracks do you live on? Yeah, that's a common question. That's weird. it's really weird. It's like so like if you think about where we live, it's so weird. Yeah. Izzy is convinced that we live in, like, a simulation or a TV show or something. It's she so constantly weird. mentions weird facts about our town. It's weird. I don't know. Like, our town is just so odd. It's so unlike any other We don't, even live, in a, we don't place. live in a town. I don't know what you'd call what it. What do we live in? Like, a... It's not a city. It's small. It's a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. But it's, like, separated into two distinct neighborhoods, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Two or three. But, but it's, yeah. like... I, it's, I don't know. It, it is technically a city. It's, like, like, it's on, like, mayor. Yeah. Our town would be definitely a place where, like, a really mysterious murder would happen. Why would you say something? I don't know, because it, I just, like, when I think about it, that's what I think about. People are going to accuse us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not us, I promise. Maybe someone else, it wasn't us. Oh, God. I hope no murders happen. I'm going to... Knocking on, Knocking on okay. my wooden desk. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, that's literally the duration of the timeline. It's like... A few bullet yeah. points. But um, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of just the beginning. And that's why a timeline really wouldn't have made sense. Because yeah. now I'm going to talk about the investigation. Because things kind of cooled off after her body was found. Obviously, they couldn't identify her. So there was, like, no clues in that area. They couldn't investigate people she knew. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know who she was. And, like, there wasn't a lot of telling information from her autopsy. Yeah. So they just couldn't do anything. So the case kind of cooled off for a while. But then, uh, in 1982, about three years after the murder... A man named Henry Lee Lucas just confesses to the murder of Orange Socks. What? Um, yeah. He just decides one day he's going to confess. 
Um, so I will kind of get back to that part of the story in a minute, but I feel like we need to recap on Henry Lee Lo- Lucas for a second because he's like kind of like a big deal in the true crime world. He yeah. is a really shitty human being. And um, he's horrifying looking. Like, yeah. if you look up a picture, he looks like a gopher. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's just like a really, really terrible person. Um, to start off his long spree of crimes, as a minor, he murdered his mother. What? Yeah, so... Actually, maybe he wasn't a minor, but he was pretty young. So maybe he was, yeah. like, freshly not a minor. It's a little unclear. Isn't that called, like, momicide or something? M- matricide. Matricide. Because it's, like, ma- maternal. Yeah. Homicide. Matricide. It kind of sounds like a mattress. Anyway. It does During like... Christmas, New Year's time of 1959-1960, so, like, the Christmas of 1959 to New Year's 1960, mm-hmm. Henry took his fiance home to meet his mom and she disapproved not really a shocker because he met this woman because she was his pen pal while he was in prison for burglary wait he was a minor and all this has happened no i don't think he he was like not quite i don't know the age was a little unclear at mm-hmm. some point i heard he was a minor but then he this also like couldn't have been a minor because it's all open record yeah so i'm just fairly sure he's like a young person like probably like 20 ish yeah okay i guess anyway uh, he would had been in prison for burglary, and then this pen pal starts writing him, and then he's like, oh, let's get engaged when I get out of prison. What the crap? So flash forward to Christmas in 1959. <laughs> um, they go home to meet his, his mom, and his mom's like, I don't like your pen pal girlfriend. Um, A fiancé. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then he, this didn't really sit well with him, so he decided to kill her. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, that was his best course of action. That was like... Jumping to a whole other level of odd. Yeah, um, so unnecessary. he went to prison again, but then he was out again, and in 1971, he kidnapped a few girls, and then he went to prison for another five years. I love how you just mentioned, oh, and by the way, he kidnapped a few girls. Yeah, well, there wasn't a lot of detail on it. He just he kidnapped a couple. It was all one time. It was like one event. Ugh. But yeah, he really sucks. Um, after this, he was actually briefly briefly married because... Um, he just, he, I don't know, he decided to get married. Who would marry this I, ugly ass? I don't He's know. ugly on the inside and out. Uh, he eventually got thrown out and he got divorced because he was sexually abusing his stepdaughter. Oh my god. Who was like a minor, like a child. Um, yeah, so then he moved to West Virginia to start over. Where he got a job and had a girlfriend. But then their relationship had to end because her family disapproved. Which is understandable. Guy's not really. He's a, he's a, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to introduce this phrase from the last episode. He's a flying piece of shit. Yeah, is that a phrase that is that like a, that's a that's a common phrase? Flying piece of shit. A common phrase. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's not great. Um, I can understand why her parents would maybe disapprove. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hi, this is my boyfriend. He's only killed a couple folk. Um, just kidnapped a couple girls. It's no big deal. He's been in jail like five times. Questionably a pedophile, but you know, I can. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What? He's he's nice to me. His Tinder profile would suck. (laughs) No, he'd be like, um, hardcore criminal. (laughs) Only interested in long-term relationships. (laughs) Like, that was douchey. No, and she was probably like, it's okay, I can change him. You would definitely be a catfish, too. Like, you would have a picture of, like, some supermodel or something and be like, oh, this is me. 
Yeah. So anyway, after this whole West Virginia thing failed, he moved to Florida, where all serial killers go at some point in their life. True. Um, and he met Otis Toole here, and Otis Toole is a pretty infamous serial killer, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, his name probably rings the bells. He killed Adam Walsh, who mm. is, like, that was a pretty infamous missing person and murder case in, like, the 80s, I think. Yeah. And his dad is actually the host of America's Most Wanted. Didn't we cover that case? Adam Walsh? No, we didn't. I swear to God we didn't. I feel like we did. There's no way. Hold on. Okay. I swear to God we did not. I swear to God we did. I don't think we did. I would have remembered covering Adam Walsh. It's a huge case. I remember talking... Maybe I listened to an episode about it at some point. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you have. It's a pretty big case. No, we've never covered... Never covered Adam Walsh here. Look, I'm going to do this little search thingy and look... Oh my God, on our fancy site. Can we we search things on our website? Why didn't I know that? No, we've never covered Adam Walsh. Oh. Okay, um, sorry about that, guys. Izzy can't remember what cases we've covered. Well, we've covered a lot at this point. I mean, 40. 40. Almost half a century? No. Decade. Mm, no. Well, it's, it's at the... It would be half a century if it was years, but it's not years. Dude, my brain isn't functioning. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, Otis Toole, murderer dude. He killed Adam Walsh. Pretty big name in the you know world of mm-hmm. serial killers and people that suck um anyway henry lee lucas it was introduced to his niece whose name was frida powell um and she was 11 and that this is otis tool's niece they got married what yeah so apparently um, under texas law that's legal for him to marry an 11 year old are you kidding Nope. Apparently, that's like definitely a real thing. Oh, I I, don't, I think they. I think they upped the age. Hold on. Let's... Of course, they've upped the age. It no. can't be eleven anymore. But I don't think it's much older. I think it's thirteen or fourteen. <gasps> How old do, do you have to you be? Have to be to get married in Texas. Nice song. Eighteen. 18. Okay. Oh, but between 16 and 18, if you have parent consent, you can get married. So the age has gone up, but... Not by much. Not significantly. Um, in Georgia, we're just slightly better. A 17-year-old can get a marriage license if they have parental consent. Nice. Can't be 16. We can't get married, guys. Oh, sadly. Who am I going to get married to? So sad. A ghost. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, under Texas law, they got married. How, this is, like, awful. Like, it doesn't get much worse. She was 11. She had a mild intellectual disability. (gasps) Like. Oh, my God. Terrible. And then, like, literally she was from Florida and they just moved to Texas so they could, you know, be married. But then, when she was 15, about four years later, he murdered her. What? Yeah. Um, he murdered her because she wanted to go home. (gasps) This man... Yeah. He's horrible. Yeah. Okay, also, I want to apologize. There's going to be a lot of tangents in this episode, because this is horrible. This is horrible. This isn't a tangent. This is the episode. No, I mean, like, we've had a few tangents. No. But I'm just... That's... 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 Yeah. Uh, it doesn't... It really doesn't get worse than that. That is, like, below rock bottom. That is... That is... That is the below rock bottom in hell. Yeah, that is hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition of hell. That is terrible. Um, anyway, after this, over the course of about 10 years, he committed, like, a lot of murders. Like, a lot. Or at least he said he did. 
1982, which is back to how this relates to orange socks, he was on trial for one of those murders. Pretty random case. I don't know. I can't remember the details of it. He was it, The important part to this case is that he was on trial. Mm-hmm. While in court, he starts confessing to multiple murders. He, they said something to him in court about, like, the way he murdered or, like, something about murder. And then he was like, oh, well, I should know. I've done it a lot. <sighs> like, that, that was the response that he gave. Wow. But then he starts talking about these murders. And apparently he knew these details that, like, only the killer would know. And he told a story about picking her up on the side of the road and sexually assaulting her, killing her, and leaving her on the side of the road. What? Yeah. So he just, he's, like, he doesn't know who Orange Socks is, but he remembers her. And the most distinctive detail that I think is, like, really important is that he mentioned... When he was talking about that specific case, about he named all these towns, he mentioned that she was on her period. Which is so specific. Yeah. And so, I think, we may have not mentioned this earlier, but there was this towel, like, make it was described as a makeshift pad found near her body. Oh yeah, and it had blood on it. Yeah, and so they're, like, pretty sure that she was on her period, so it kind of, like, matches his story a little bit. Ugh. By November of 1983, he had started false confessing to murders. Well, false confessing is a little questionable. It's, it's really, it's, it's so unclear whether these are true confessions, false confessions, what it is. Um, and he just kept confessing in about, to like about 500 murders in total. Holy crap. Yeah. And he just kept giving so much detail and all these cops were kind of like investigating him. Like there was this like task force assigned to him. And they ended up filing around 200 cases that's just solved because, like, what he said. Oh, my God. And, and sorry, what were we going to say? No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, there's also a really, really kind of batshit crazy and interesting documentary about this dude called The Confession Killer on Netflix. Ooh. I recommend it. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so he's just, like, confessing to all these murders, and then they're just like, okay. Um... And so he's in prison for all these, but he's almost, like, proud of it. But then it kind of comes up that there was a lot of, like, bribery and Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, collusion involved with this. Like, cops were, like, taking him out for meals with no handcuffs, bringing him fast food. And even before they officially interviewed him about orange socks, they let him read her case file to, like, refresh his memory. To refresh his memory? What? Yeah. And apparently, I mean... What if they were doing this often to get him to, like, confess? Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's kind of unclear whether or not this is the dude or if not the dude. Like, and he just read the case file. It just, it's really confusing. It kind of makes me think, like, if it's not him, then who is it? But also, if it is him, like, does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, I think that it could potentially be him. And, I mean, I didn't see anywhere about, like... DNA testing to prove that it was him? Because I know that they found DNA te- DNA under her fingernails, right? Yeah. And this mofo is long gone. I just so. I think it's like the amount of DNA is not enough to do like a full profile. Yeah. But I feel like it should be enough at this day and age for them to test. I don't know. Yeah. He's dead now. But like, yeah. they've got to have something, right? Or do they not care anymore? Because his, it's marked. Uh, solved. The, mur- the murder of Orange Sucks is marked as solved. And it says that Henry Lee Lucas killed her. 
But, like, is that true? Is but, it not true? Like, I don't really understand. Yeah, because Sounds... there's so much freaking coercion, collusion, and, uh... Looking for a third C? Yep. Coercion, collusion. Corruption. Confusion. Corruption. Did you say corruption? I said oh. confusion, but um, you said corruption, and it was better. <laughs> no, but, like, I just don't understand. Like, did he do it? Did he not do it? Like, I really can't, I can't figure it out. And, like, this, like, this guy's just a POS. He is, but, like, did he kill orange socks or not? We don't know. We may never know. Um, so yeah, after that, um, the case goes back to not being cared about too much because, you know, the case is solved, so what else do the cops need to know? Well, they could know who she is. Exactly. And they actually do finally get to figure that out about 40 yeah. years later. Okay, so let's get into the identification of orange socks. So, in 2019, the DNA Doe Project, which is a super freaking cool program that works to identify doe victims and, like... They, you get a lot of your information from them when working on DOE projects, prog- research. Yeah, I. Anyways. they have a lot of cool information, yeah. and they also just, they work to collect donations and then put, like, forward science-y things yeah. to solve them. So, yeah, if you guys want to, we'll link their website on our website, mm-hmm. but um, definitely check it out, and if you want to, like, donate to some of their thingies and help them solve cases and stuff, yeah. that would be cool. I mean, what they're doing is so important, just to make sure that these victims who have never been named, like, finally have a name and potentially gives closure to their families. So, yeah. It's super just, cool. It's super cool, and it's something that's really beneficial to the true crime community. So, yeah. And, like, anything counts. So, um, later on that year, our Vice sketch of orange socks was released to the public, and this sparked uh, the attention of a woman who claimed that orange socks looked like her sister, who had disappeared in 1977. So, the family members looked at the morgue photos, and her sister submitted a DNA sample for testing. And this resulted in Orange Sox Doe being identified as Deborah Jackson 40 years after the murder. That's so nuts. Which is insane. And you might ask, who is Deborah Jackson? Well, Deborah Jackson was a 23-year-old woman in 1979 at the time of her death. And at about 21 or 22, she left home of Abilene, Texas? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Okay. And this was when she was last seen by her family. I feel like we covered another case in Abilene, but now I can't remember. That name sounds very familiar to me. Yeah, I don't know. And they actually never had reported her missing because it just seemed like she was moving away from home. However, she was never heard from again. Which is weird. Like, I can understand just being like, oh, yeah, sure, she's moving on with her life or whatever, but you get a phone call every once in a while, right? Or at least a letter or a postcard or something, and, like, I mean, I can only imagine that this girl was in the news, like, in the paper, at least. They still lived in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. And records prove that she had actually worked at um, Ramada Inn in Amarillo, Texas, and Vermont... Um, which was an assisted living facility. It's a terrible name. It is. I'm very confused <laughs> yeah. by it. Um, in Azle. Osley, I don't know. Osley, Texas in 1978. So she just, she moved away and she was working. Like, she, like, that was, yeah. like, her family was right in assuming where she went. Yeah, I mean, at least for two years. And police also believe that she worked in a reality, re, not reality, realty investment office in 1979. And they also think that she may have attended school somewhere in the under area under a pseudonym. So, potentially Moon. Yeah, as a pseudonym. As a pseudonym. Which is... But, like... 
A, a stupid pseudonym. Which is a very stupid pseudonym. Like, that is so obvious that is not someone's name. Like... Yeah. But, like... Could have gone for Luna. Luna's a lot Luna more Luna is viable. more common than Moon. <laughs> and why she even use this was unclear. Yeah, what? Like, why? I mean, she's not on the run. I mean, Queen, maybe you just wanted to change your name to something mystical. I get that. For a while, <laughs> I wanted to name my child Sage. Yeah. Oh. Like... Like, wow. sage isn't sage as you clean your room and clean your room with. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. That's some real hippie shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of get it, kind of don't. Yeah. But she was, like, living her life, doing the dang thing. Yeah. And I just, she, she like, her family was right. She went, she was happy, she was good. Mm-hmm. Until somehow, where it's kind of unclear, she ended up in Georgetown, Texas on Halloween night in 1979, and no one knows how she got there. Nobody knows. Because, you know, we got this, like, dead, now he's dead, but the serial killer who, like, who knows, was he confessing to things he did, or was he not, or was it both? Like, like we may never, maybe that's why, like, we'll never know, like, maybe he didn't do it and he didn't have the details of how she got there, and that's why he never said them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Dude, we'll never know. We'll never know. That's like it's like that's sad. It's like that is really sad. But yeah, we'll never know. All right, guys, this was the murder and identification of Deborah Jackson, also known as Orange Socks Doe. If you like this episode, make sure to check out our other Doe case episode, which is actually episode thirty-five, five episodes ago, and it's called Ancestry.com/slash/murder, which is a bomb-ass name. On it our is a bomb-ass name. We did good. Um, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at tgse.podcast. Bye!